Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. So, how are you doing, Beverly? I'm doing good. Tomorrow, I change the actual office that I'm in from my old boss to my new boss. It's very exciting. Uh, I still have to kind of work in both places for a while, but really much more in the new place. So it's getting there. That's great because it it feels like that should have happened a million years ago. <laughs> I know. I know. It's been like, oh, it's been six over six months. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. So I'm very excited for you. Then I hope. Mm-hmm. I hope it leads to more new job and less old job. Yeah, I think it will. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm I'm doing good. I am finishing up my last few weeks at my current job before starting at my new and terrifying challenge of a, a different job. Mostly terrifying because change is bad. We all know that. Um, <laughs> so, I, so I've got all of those panicky feelings about it. But, you know, it's going to be super positive. I'm so excited. Uh, just change is scary, even even when it's good change. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, we're here to talk for the very first time about this completely original and never before seen challenge. Wait, you're shaking your head at me. Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> this month, we are revisiting an old popular challenge. Which one are we taking on? We're taking on PF Represent. This was one of um, our early challenges, and I think one of our really well received ones when we first started the podcast. People were really we did excited. It for three about months. It. Yeah, we did it for three months last summer. Yeah, we did. We covered the whole summer, and there was a bigger overall prize. This time, we are limiting it to one month, mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware. Um, and, and we've got a lot that we want to pack into July, um, talking about representation. And, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really exciting to get to go back to this one because over the course of a year, so much has changed and so much has stayed the same Mm -hmm. about representation in the sewing communities. And it's going to be exciting to see how our listeners want to approach representation so now. you're gonna you're gonna find this hard to believe, Jenny, but there are people that listen to our podcast who haven't listened to every single episode. Oh my god, that's impossible. So first off, I do want to assure you there will be a link in our show notes so you can go back and listen to this episode. Um, but the thing is, you don't have to have listened to the past one to understand what's coming up. So what we're trying to do is encourage you to think about ways that you can have your makes this month. Um, represent broader categories of sewists, people who are often underrepresented. So fat people, old people, queer people, disabled people, black people, brown people, indigenous people, and so forth. And so you're, you're looking for those opportunities to find patterns that have different people on the cover, right? Than you normally or they're the designers the themselves. Or the designer themselves is someone different. The fabric you're making it out of was designed by someone from a different category, or I'm going to say purchased from a shop that has an ownership that is not, that is diverse, I guess is what I would say. And, and it's, it's a really neat opportunity to showcase those specific things. Mm -hmm. I would personally take it just one tiny step further and say, you should challenge yourself this month 
even if it's for a day or a week or something, to say, I am only going to sew things where I can point to something diverse about the pattern, the designer, or the source of the fabric, or all three. Because it's it's going to be easier than you think it is, but also harder than you think it is in some cases. So I, I think that's a neat a neat opportunity. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. One of the ways that um, I didn't necessarily do last year, um, but I am going to use for my makes this year is I'm going to choose um, patterns. Like if I'm looking for a pattern that has representation in the models, I'm going to look for the major photo of that pattern. Yeah. And I agree. And I don't mean like when you go in there and you can click through and find it, these count for anybody. We're not, we're not policing it, but when I go, I'm going to look at the website. And when I see, here's what you click on to get to that pattern, provided they have a model picture there. Um, I want to see who they have for that and um, promote that. I think that there's um, starting to be a lot more representation. I think this last year has, there's been a lot more um, representation. No, but I, I definitely agree with you. I see your point. I think there has been a true improvement in representation. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean there isn't a long way to go. Sure. But the improvement is worth noting. One of the things I've noticed, and I don't have a great example at hand, but I'm going to mention it because other people might spot it and use it, is that in some patterns, when I am looking at the illustrations as they as they talk about, for example, measuring your body, mm-hmm. they're using an illustration that is a fat illustration mm-hmm. instead of um, a sample sized illustration to show you how to measure your body. Yeah. And I love it because that's a place that representation often is overlooked. You're not mm-hmm. necessarily going to see a figure that might reflect other than a sample size figure. Yeah. Um, another thing that I noticed this year, and I have like one specific example to mention, um, of a pattern company that not only used a disabled model, but also um, named the pattern after her. That was the um, By Hand London Marie. Ah, yes. Remember that? Yeah. I do. I do. And that's that's huge because disability is often really invisible. And there are hashtags that, of course, can help you find some representation if you're looking to add disabled sewist representation, there's the sew shown seated, um, which is specific to sewing. And then there's another hashtag called styled seated, which many sewists are using, but also includes purchased ready to wear garments in addition to sewn garments. But it helps to diversify your feed. So you get sort of used to thinking about different types of bodies, shapes of bodies, presentations of bodies when you're when you're looking for inspiration. Yeah. Well, who are our sponsors this month? Well, this month we have two and a half sponsors. I'm only counting one of them as a half because it's me. Oh. Um, but we have Style <laughs> you Arc. as a whole sponsor. <laughs> Style Arc is offering a free pattern, which is okay. exciting. That's awesome. Um, Caramia. Uh, gave me an extra copy of the gardenia chemise, which is being offered as a free pattern. Awesome. Um, That was a a really kind gift there. And then um, I make sewing labels that are primarily focused on fat positive sentiments. And I am donating um, a pack of sewing labels, which is a thing I will mail to anyone in the world 
if they're drawn for this one. Yay, um, that's, that's awesome. A, it's a awesome. Well, uh, one thing I wanted to mention is we have another su- new subscriber this week to our Patreon. Oh, that's always exciting. I love it when folks click through and decide it's it's worth their money to help support us in what we're doing here. Yes. So thank you, Joe. We appreciate it. So what have you been making? Okay. Well, I haven't made that much since the last time we talked, but I made the um, Merchant and Mills Etta dress, which is their new pattern. It is a wrap dress. Um, it has a fully lined bodice. It was so fun to sew. I love it so much. I made a few mistakes. Um, it's my first time making a wrap dress. And so there was a few things about the construction that I wasn't quite clear on, but it's totally wearable. Um, I wore it today. I made it out of black linen from fabric-store.com. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a less expensive linen. I intend to make it out of Merchant Mills linen, but my experience today has told me that I will be making that as a winter dress because even with the, you know, midway, um, yeah, it was very warm. That wrap dress was. So I thought, oh, maybe I should, even though it was a sleeveless one, it's on, on the legs was very warm. So one of the things you may not know, because you haven't made a lot of wrap dresses is there's an amazing way you can get some air conditioning in there. And it primarily involves untying the two ties and you just open it and close it really rapidly <laughs> and it will help you to fan yourself off. And as long as you face a wall, my understanding <laughs> that there are no laws against this. So just want to okay. help you out. Well, thank you. But actually I, I think <laughs> linen is a very good option for making these types of dresses because the, it helps the ties stay tied. It because does. A little sticky that way, you know? Um, and I just have to say this pattern is so beautiful and it feels the bodice feels a bit big on me now, but I'm, I'm thinking that it might shrink when I wash it because you know, you iron, well, I iron a lot when I'm (laughs) making something and linen grows a lot when you iron it, you know? So I would say that's a reason not to iron it, but, um, but I hear you (laughs) now, normally when you make merchants and mills, you always size down anyway, don't you? I did. I did size down one size. So my measurements put me at their size 18 or just a little bit under that. Um, that's a UK size 18 and I do the size 16. Um, and that's what I did with this, but the bodice, like I could notice in my video that it was kind of gaping at the back. And I noticed that it just looked a bit big in the front Um, and the ties fully tied. It was still pretty loose, you know? So um, I'll see, I'll see what happens after I wash it. And then um, if it's still loose, then I'll, I'll make another uh, practice one, maybe a shirt version. So I can use, it does use a lot of fabric. It used like for my size, four yards. I think it looks like a nice dress. I would definitely size down for me probably two sizes based on the two Merchant and Mills patterns I've made recently. It feels Mm -hmm. like I would need to go that little bit of extra down in order to end up with a fit that I would be satisfied with. Um, But it looked lovely on you. You definitely need to go with your chest size on that. I mean, it's the, the, the way that it it's done at the waist, basically, you know, like the, I guess you could, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I think like your chest and waist size is the real key part in there. 
I'm, I'm planning to use your advice on that for sure. What else have you made? Well, I haven't made it yet, but I started cutting out the Fiber Mood Simone, which you made and you published, mm-hmm. you posted on Instagram, the most beautiful dress. Oh my God, that fabric was so great. So I'm going to show this to Jenny, even though you guys can't see it, I'll describe it. It's totally off brand for me, but I'm making the Simone top which is, um, it has ruffles in the sleeves and over the chest. And we'll talk about this in a minute, actually, because we're talking about new patterns. Um, and I'm using two very bright fabrics from Katie Cortman. Uh, one, they're both a double gauze. Uh, one is a pink with orange splodges all over it, like paint, paint marks. And then the, the ruffles are going to be out of this kind of blue, with navy and pink marks on it. What do you think about that? So I think for me, this sounds amazing. And I'm going to step away because I have to pick up some fabric and bring it back over to show you a plan I have. Okay. Because um, <laughs> it's just funny that that would be what you wanted to talk about. Um, I have some fabric that is oh my gosh the same pink with orange yes but i'm gonna pair it with an olive oh with small yeah yeah that's really cool so what kind of fabric uh, is that olive one um it is the poplin one of hers instead of yeah but it is katie cortman okay well, um, but anyway, I think it. it's amazing. I've, I've made things out of both of those fabrics. I think they are completely dynamite. I am, I am a little nervous about whether or not you will think it's amazing when you get done. I know. But... I think there's a good chance I give it away, but, um, it's, um, the thing is, is I've had this, this fabric sitting here for a while and I'm either going to wear it or I'm not right. Yeah. I mean, like there's no, no sense I hear you. Just, yeah. So I'm going to give it a try. Yeah, I, I that would be my only hesitation is that I think it is it's outside your comfort zone and whether you can bring it inside that zone is yeah. a, a whole whole other question. Um so I know you had a question about the ruffles on the version I've completed because yes. I've made now two of these, only one of which I've shared with Instagram so far. Um the first one that I made of the Simone, I made out of the Julia Cost double gauze. And these are the um, paintings that she's done that she's had printed on fabric. And I made it out of um, a painting that she calls giant flower textile. Um, <laughs> that's a pink flower on a green um, variegated background. I bought four panels of it in order to make this dress. Um, they're one yard by 55 inches, but I knew I didn't want a lot of the solid. I wanted more of the flowers. So I knew I was going to have to kind of, fussy cut as much as you can a dress that has huge pieces right yeah in order to make it work um i did pre-wash um and dry in a dryer because i wanted to maximize the odds that i wouldn't see additional shrinkage later especially since i was going cross grain on some of my pieces Mm. so um with my ruffles on that version of the dress, I did not cut my ruffles larger, but I was dissatisfied with how ruffled they were. What I did do is I, I moved the gathering toward the center. So I'm oh. less ruffled under my arms and I'm less ruffled yeah, under my arms on both the sleeves and the bodice and more oh. ruffled towards the center. On the next version I made, I did cut it 
so that each one was four inches from the fold for the chest pieces. And for the sleeves, I cut them in two and a half inches from the fold. So yeah, I just cut on my second version, which I'll post pictures of tomorrow. I cut it further in. So um, what I'm what I'm asking about is um, the way that, that I've seen most of the people's dresses. I don't mean that top ruffle. I mean how the bottom skirt is. Um, it, did you put more fabric in than it calls for? Nope. Well, no, but I did, I did, um, on that one, I did the, the bodice portion of it in the two XL and the skirt in the three XL because my hips are bigger. So I, I did not cut that in from the, um, now let me think about this. I swear. I don't think I did, but I might have, you know, me, I might have, I might've done with the fabric. That's uh, yeah. Cause I always think you, you usually do that. And I noticed that yours looks a lot more like roughly, and maybe it's just size differences. I'm than... not remembering right now. I think I may have done with the fabric on that one, but then on okay. the one that I did, the next one I made, I think I didn't have with the fabric to be able to work with it. There just wasn't any extra. So okay. I may have on the double gauze. I honest to God don't remember because that's an unconscious choice I make when I'm cutting things out mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of a conscious choice. So I'm not sure. Huh? huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, it looks like you've been doing some sewing. I, yeah, I managed to really get some things holy done holy. in the, the last week. And I did go back and look at the last episode to make sure none of these are ones I've talked about. Um, there are a couple that should be released this month uh, that, that I've been testing. Um, but the Gardenia Chemise Caramia Maui just released. This is, it's honestly, it's a lot like the Fotinia. It is not the same as the Fotinia, but it's super similar. And this is the one that made me cry over the, um, the rayon bias tape that I wasn't able to complete. And in this case, it isn't the rayon bias tape. This is one I made out of linen and used pre- pre-made bias tape that I bought on Etsy. I How didn't even work? make it. it. It worked really well. It came, the bias tape was perfect, came out great. The problem with this one was that you know how when you, when you get your bangs and you're looking at them and you're like, you know what, they just need a little trim. So you give them yeah. that little trim and then you're like, oh shit, I cut too far on the right. So I'm gonna have to even it up by cutting the left. And then mm-hmm. you cut the left too short. And so now you have to cut the right and then yeah. all of a sudden you have no bangs and your mom takes your scissors away and you feel embarrassed in seventh grade or whatever. Um, right. It's yeah. So that, but the length of my chemise. So um, I cut it out so that it should have been gathered in elastic at my navel. And I realized when I sewed it together that the side seams on one side it met perfectly. And on the other, it was off by like an inch and a half. And I'm like, what did I even, I must've like, when I, folded the fabric there must have been a pre-cut piece that I didn't notice so I'm like that's no problem I'm just gonna I'm gonna fold this in half I'm gonna use a ruler I'm gonna go straight across ah shit okay so now it's it's too high in the center because I cut it on some sort of angle so I'm gonna get rid of those wedges so I went back across and basically in the end um it is it is short there's (laughs) there's a photograph (laughs) on my Instagram it is it is definitely going to be a uh, tummy revealer. And okay. if there is wind, you're going to see 
all the things. There's no doubt, because this is quite wide, that if the wind were to gust up under my shirt, it'd just be like, I guess that's her bra or whatever <laughs> I'm wearing under it. So it's it's quite exciting in that regard. Um, but I did learn how to do it. And I was when I posted it, somebody else came back and said, you know what that needs? What that needs is like a multi-tier ruffled skirt to go with it. And you should put pom-poms on the hem. Oh my! And then God. you've got a whole vibe going. I'm like, oh yeah, that would be a vibe. So I'm giving Miranda. Yeah, I know. I mean, I just need the fruit. So mm-hmm. I'm quite excited by that uh, as a possibility. Um, in addition, Paramia is testing the Tate dress, which is a bodycon dress, and I made one out of some Joanne's fabric that I I just had in my stash that I I was not enchanted by. It's mm-hmm. blue with um, cr- uh, plus signs all over it in blues and whites. And I just wasn't enchanted by it anymore, but it came out quite well. I've got to get some outdoor photos of it so that I can share those on my Instagram. I haven't done that yet, but it is when they say body con, what they mean is your body will be um, really, really obvious in this. So it's, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very tight fit. It does have a self bra, um, which I do like. Not like me. <laughs> And it's got a, it's got a square neck to it. Or as my husband said, when I asked him, you know, how does this look? He looked at it for a little bit and he goes, well, the, the neckline seems a little square. And I'm like, that's the design. And he's like, oh, well then it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was, that was really wonderful. Um, I also made the Florence. I was not as satisfied with my results. Oh, Um, why do you think? Why do you think? So. I know all the things I would do different. And in fact, I've ordered, because I order the pattern only in the size I need and I don't trace off. Mm. I've ordered another copy of it, two sizes smaller, okay. because it is oversized enough that I, I think I have to go down to the size 22 okay. on this one, um, which is smaller than I've ever done with one of their dresses. Um, it's got that low, high waist Yep. Not quite waist, but on me, because I did not shorten the bodice, my normal one to two inches, it is waist length in the front, which I don't like. I would like that to be a little higher than, than belly button, than navel. That's so funny because in mine, I lengthened it an inch and it still seems pretty short, you know? Yeah. For me, it's not, but it's partly because I am quite short waisted and mm-hmm. I made it enough oversized that that additional length flowed down and made it almost navel length in the front. So on my next version, I'm tempted to take it to shorten the waist by two inches, but I think I'll only do one because I'm also sizing down Mm -hmm. and I'll have to Mm -hmm. do that front and back, of course, so that they, you know, they still meet at the place they're supposed to meet. You know, you can, um, with that, uh, I guess, yeah, because it has that uneven, it would be hard to take an inch afterwards. Yeah, um, no, it, yeah. I actually sat and thought about it and I'm like, well, what if I put like those folds that by hand London is used mm-hmm. in the tent or something like that in it? And I thought that's going to look so stupid. So I <laughs> yeah. just, I'm not going to do anything with it. Um, I may not keep it. Um, but the other thing is the skirt. I cut the skirt the exact length they said to, and it's like almost ankle length on me. This is really, really long. And that's not how it looked on anyone else I've seen in it. And I'm not like short. I'm five, six. So I'm just a tiny bit taller than the average person. And I'm a normal, like a drafting size, but I think they must draft taller. They might I, because their stuff fits me better than a lot of places do. Yeah. But, um, 
I'm thinking, I mean, it was, it's a long dress for sure, but I'm wondering if maybe yours grew a little bit because you used that, um, linen rayon blend from mood. I think that kind of, and it's a heavy skirt, a heavy dress. So, but I did. So Beverly, you followed all the instructions, right? You did all the things sort of, I didn't have that tape. I did. I put the (laughs) tape on the waistband so that it wouldn't, Mm -hmm. so that it would better support the skirt. So I actually did all the things they wanted me to do to try and make Mm -hmm. it better. And if it grew, that the skirt grew, I don't think it grew a foot, which is what I feel like I need to take off of it. (laughs) Well, I don't, yeah, I don't think it grew that much, but I think like it may have grown an inch or two. And if they do long and then it's also an ex- it's yeah. and it's also a long dress and you're not used to wearing long dresses yeah it just felt I I felt really it felt oppressive when I wore it hmm. and so I'm not I'm not super satisfied with it but I think it's interesting and I like the idea so I do want to try again yeah. but those are things I'll change the other thing is um I ran out of fabric and so I had to piece the sleeve Okay. And so I used some of my hand dyed that matched the fabric I had used to make mm. a cuff on the sleeve. And I think I'm going to do the contrast cuffed on the next one I make because I liked how that looked. I thought you know it was what I think feature. you might also like is if you made, um, if you added a different sleeve to it, a more dramatic sleeve. Um, I mean, I think that's true. <laughs> I think you would like it better. Like for me, it's perfect because, um, you know, I'm very broad shouldered. And so for me not to have that there is perfect, but I think you like to have puffy sleeves and stuff. I think that like, a the sleeves from the sagebrush. Yeah. I think that would probably be really cute on it. Yeah. The Davenport sleeves from Friday pattern company might be too. They're, um, they're a, a set in sleeve, but they've got a little ruffle, <laughs> like mm-hmm. a cap sleeve oh, right, ruffle right, right. that goes over it. Yeah, so, that's right. That's right. That's a good idea. So I wasn't happy with what I made, but I think I'll make it again because I think the reasons I'm unhappy aren't related to the pattern being bad. They're related to me making the wrong choices at every step. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. And then I made, um, the Jill from fiber mood, which I also haven't pictured. And this is another dress that has the little triangle cut out at the back. Yes. So you've made it already. Wait, yeah. like what is the fabric that you made it out of? I made it out of a Julia Cost double gauze. And and this one I haven't, I didn't even add to my list yet. I also made it out of a high quality quilting cotton, one mm. of the 108 inch wide backing fabrics ah. in big blue flowers. Cause that was my twall to make sure I got the sizing right before I cut I into Julia's fabric. Okay. And how do you like it? I I like it. I think it's super duper cute. And I think my favorite part is I can successfully wear a slightly long cardigan over it. And it just looks like a business dress. Oh, nice. And then, and then I have the party in the back when I take the cardigan. Off. Yeah, so, yeah, that's so it's that really actually, my mullet dress. <laughs> I, I like that dress. I just don't really like dresses that, that have waists like that, but I, I do like that. I think I would like to make something similar to that. I thought it was, I thought it was super cute. Um, I don't like those waists when they pull into like too, too tight, Mm -hmm. right? I prefer them to be like, to be able to wear it where there's not going to be a mark on my stomach when I'm done with the day. (laughs) I don't want that. Um, But that's the plus to making it is that I get to decide how tight that's going to be, which is Hmm. nice. 
Um, and then finally, I made The Kinfolk by Jennifer Lauren Handmade. This is her latest pattern release. This is um, a dress that has a tie back, princess scenes in the front, and a gourd skirt with um, with like a, a waistband that's a little wider at the front center. And then the ties come off of it in the front mm-hmm. where the princess seam might meet and go around to the back on it. And... How's that constructed? Is it like on the, um, on that caftan, that Charlie caftan? No, not at all. It's like pieces okay. you cut out and sew together individually as, as small pieces, no like faux welt or. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's not complicated. It's sewn together. Like the pieces are cut exactly like you'd think they'd be by looking at it. Cool. Um, I'm I'm really happy with it, and I love. I wish I could remember where I got this fabric or who it was by. I love the fabric I made it in, and I have searched my emails desperately trying to figure it out, and I cannot figure it out. But it is it is super cute. It's on my grid. It'll be on Jennifer Lauren Handmade's grid sometime probably next week. Um, and yeah, I, I love it. I'm definitely going to make another kinfolk. My problem is I have so many things right now because. I think you may have mentioned that you've been shopping for fabric. I've been doing the opposite. I've been buying patterns. I have, I think I've got 18 patterns that have come in in the last week and a half that I'm desperately trying to get sewing through because they all made me so happy (laughs) and I really want to try them. I got my kit for um, the new bra that Cashmerette just released, mm-hmm. Willowdale, I think is what it's called. It's an underwire bra. I'm mm-hmm. so excited by that. And my kid is here. And next week, I'm off all week. I should be able to make a bra. I am so excited to hear your experience with it. I want, because I know you and I have both, you know, made underwear and thought, you know, I could just buy yeah. underwear for how much work it is. And a bra is a lot more work than underwear, but if, oh. if it's so much greater to wear the one you make, I'm just interested to see what your experience is. I'm, I'm interested too, because I will <laughs> tell you that kits are not cheap. No, they're not. So they're expensive. Be, I mean, I could buy five bras easily for this, maybe more. And it's very, you know, it's a little intimidating, but I am excited to find out for yeah. sure. Um, and I, I, you know, I bought a bunch of the fiber mood patterns that I've had on my eye on for ages. Um, cause there was a problem with my subscription <laughs> and then I suddenly had a bunch of patterns I could buy. So I did. Uh, <laughs> and there's some things like matchy match, which is a, a shirt pattern by there's, it's like at matchy match on Instagram. Oh, it's the one it's, I brought it up for the crappy. It was one for of my scrappy. call outs. Yep, yes. Yep. It was one of my call outs and it has those, those um, like Marcel things on the side. Yes. Right. And I'm planning to make that and I've got a plan for it that's too late for Scrappy, but that I think will be really, really neat because I'm going to use all of those samples I dyed. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm going to make a big piece of fabric out of them. And I think that's the blouse I'm going to make out of it. Oh, that's really cool. You should still tag Scrappy with it though. Oh, 100% I'm going to tag Scrappy. Because it still offers inspiration for the future. And you don't know, just like PF Represent, we may PF Scrappy again someday. You don't That's know. That's true. And also, I just am wanting to use more of my scraps. So I want people to keep using that hashtag. Yeah, I, I think it's a really great idea. And I have used up a bunch of my scraps. So I'm, I'm quite excited by that. But that's pretty much 
you know, what I've done. Well, since you mentioned the fiber mood, let's talk about those new patterns first. We can kind of go quick. We're not going to go through all of them, I don't think. But um, you've already made two of oh them. Oh, my God. Or more. Yes, I've made, I've made two so far. But of the list of the things coming out of Edition 20, the one that was just released, I've purchased the Jill, the Kate, the Merrill, the Millie, the Nina, the Simone, the Tanita, the Viva, and the Zeta. Okay. So I also really want to make the Zeta for sure. I that Viva, I'm not sure about. I think I won't like it, but I want I liked I like looking at it. That's um, exactly where I am. I don't think yeah. I'm gonna like it at all, but I desperately want to make it. And so as a consequence, I am gonna make it out of fabric that is intended to look like the nightgowns I wore when I was 10. Ah. And so that's my plan is to make a thing that I can be like dramatic in hotel rooms in. Because yeah. this is a square neck gathered with gathered sleeves at the shoulder gown that ends in a deep ruffled hem or possibly it's possibly a um not ruffled but that other thing pleated what do you call that fluttered no fluttered flounce that could be flouncy it could be a flounce I think it's I think it's gathered I I hope it is because I don't want to cut the flounce out yeah, that would be like around. <laughs> oh my God, it would be terrible. But but I to me, that just looks like the nightgowns that I wore when I was 10 and 12. Okay, so the one that I'm really interested in that I bought is the uh-huh. uh, the Kate. And I know you're going to be like, well, you don't like the sleeves. I don't, but I'm going to change them out. And yeah. um, so what the, the Kate is a dress that... This picture, I don't think does it justice in the, in their booklet, they have somebody wearing it and it just kind of looks like somebody in the forties in Appalachia that didn't have shoes on. Yeah. Like that just kind of reminds me of, of somebody that's like, you know, just it like a house dress. It does look like a house dress. Yeah. And I really want that. And then, but I don't want the, the sleeves like that. So I'm just going to take that, put a different sleeve in there. And to be fair, those sleeves do look like it's very gentle gathering just at the top. Yeah. Not that you shouldn't change them out. I'm just yes. saying, I don't think right. it's not like dramatic. Right. Right. And depending Especially on what kind for of fiber. Mood. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then um, I really want to make that um, Zeta because it's like a tank dress and it just looks so comfy and cozy. Yep. Yep. It's on my list too. Um, I'm, I'm super. This issue was, it was giving me so much joy. There yeah, was just there was barely issue. almost nothing I didn't want. Like I'm not interested in the pleated front shorts. And but that um, that um that Nina, oh my god, I can totally see you in that. It's so much like that dragon fruit, it reminds me of, even though it, it's constructed it completely differently. Yeah. It looks like you're I mean, like it's this pleated thing that go like the whole chest is pleated and mm-hmm. sewn down, it looks like. I don't know. Yeah, and then, it sure um, does. And then, you know what I was thinking? I like that dress a lot. And I was wondering if you, if I could make, I could just make a little, um, cause your bra is going to show in the back. Yep. And I was thinking about, I could make a Velcroed piece of fabric out of the same as the dress to put over my bra strap. Yep. So that, yeah, I wasn't going to Velcro. I was going to just sew it in, but yes, same idea. I, I want something back there as well, not just for over the bra strap, but but I'm worried that that's not, even with a tie at the neck, I'm worried that's not going to necessarily stay where I need it to stay. Ah, uh, I see. So, okay. but I agree with you. Um, 
Yeah, there were there were just this month there was a lot of really great stuff. Oh, there really was. People should go look at it. We have a picture of all the line drawings of the patterns from this uh from this uh, I want to say episode every time, but it's um I know. <laughs> what's it called? Edition. It's edition. edition. Yeah. <laughs> issue issue is the word I was thinking of. Uh, anyway. Okay. Um, anyways, um, but go check it out because there are some really good ones. If you like off the shoulder stuff, they've got that. They've got all sorts of really cool ones, but we'll let you go look at that. I do also want to talk about another dress that I really like, which is the Sohow 7 uh, Sabi dress. And it comes in sort of four varieties. Uh, a short version that's pretty plain, a long version that's plain, a, mm, I guess a long version that has a uh, elastic waist mm-hmm. and then a long version that has elastic waist and a ruffle at the bottom. Of course you can mix that stuff up, but they have interesting pockets and they're, you have a choice of having just the floppy pockets, which, you know, whatever. Um, or you have these interesting pockets that are sewn to the front so they don't flop around and they're kind of cut out more. I like that. What do you think? I think the pockets are interesting. I still think they're going to be terrible on my hips. So do you, I'm as, as always, I'm sort of hesitant about whether or not to put pockets because the issue isn't that they're sewn down or not. It's that opening happening right there where my hips flare out and that they tend to gape. And I don't like that. That just isn't my appeal. Um, My only other real concern for it is uh, the depth of the V so the interesting thing is they said the back is low, but should cover a bra. We'll see that it yeah. depends on whose bra, right? Like, I mean, very much so <laughs> my bra, maybe not, but maybe, <laughs> you know, I've got two varieties. I've definitely got the, the industrial bras, but I've also got kind of the cute bras, mm, but okay. you know, anyways, I think that's worth a look. Yeah, I, I do like it. I'm not sure I'll get it, but I do like it. Okay. Um, and then you noted that Itch by Stitch has a new top, which is... Itch um, Stitch. Yeah. Did I not itch. say that? You said Itch by Stitch. Oh, well, I was really close. It is very close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm confused by this one. So I need you to tell me more about it because okay. I don't this understand is... what's happening. <laughs> okay, I do because I had a ready-to-wear top like this. Um. I don't think that, I don't think it's anything that you're going to want to try, but I can see a lot of people doing it. What it is, it kind of imitates like a French tuck um, on a a top. It's a, it's called the Auvers top and it has a, um, the, it has a V neck, but it's formed by one side going over the other. So it looks like a wrap top, but it's sewn in this way. The front has elastic at the waist so that it kind of blouses. It looks like you've tucked it in and bloused it out of your pants. And then the back is, uh, it has a, just a hem that's, uh, uh, Circular. Just a shirt tail. Yeah. Yeah. Shirt tail kind of hem on it. And I think that it's made, I think it would be best in very lightweight, like rayon fabric or something. Um, hmm. Definitely a light, a lightweight fabric. And it would be nice and cool uh, for sure for the summertime. Yeah. And it maxes out at a full bust of 63 inches and the hips shouldn't be super relevant, but they're 62 if in case okay. it is. Any other patterns we want to call out? 
I think that's all that's on our list. Okay, cool. So, so the other thing we have for today is I got an opportunity to sit down with Mimi G, who of course is working as one of the VPs at Simplicity and Creative Design Group with all of the big four pattern companies, and to talk about improved representation and some of the plans moving forward and some of the things that are already in action. And I know you and I, Beverly, have talked about a few of those, like some of the patterns recently released featuring friend of the show, Aronica, on the cover. Yeah. And um, the fact that those started with a slightly wider size range than has been historically available for big four patterns in any significant way. And that's already improved with the summer patterns and will be improving more with the fall patterns. So there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Um, I hope everybody really enjoys that interview. Um, So thank you very much. I'm really excited to have a chance to talk with you for our podcast. So if you don't mind, take a moment and introduce yourself and let our listeners know who you are and how they might find you. Awesome. Well, first, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you. <laughs> Second, my name is Mimi G. I'm the founder of Mimi G Style Inc. So at Academy, Pattern Making Academy, and a couple other things. <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm really just a sewist. Um, I'm also the vice president of design and patterns and brand management for Design Group, which owns the big four as we know them. And everyone can find me across social media at Mimi G Style. That's absolutely wonderful. And I remember when you were granted that position or accepted that position, because man, they were lucky to have you accept it um, <laughs> at uh, the IG design group and how hopeful it made me feel for future possibilities and representation with the big four, because that's for me been a sticking point just because by virtue of my body size, I'm often not able to be seen in any of the catalogs in any real way. And um, I know that you've experienced that as well. And you talk in some interviews you've done in the past about people coming to you and saying, wow, I, I now see myself in, in patterns because of the images you've put forward for the pattern designs that you have there. What's sort of your history or your relationship with the big four? You know, the the history goes back a while. You know, I signed on uh, as a licensee in 2014. But prior to that, you know, I had I actually sewed with my first sewing pattern in 20. I think it was probably like 2010, maybe 2009, 2010 is when I really started working with patterns. I had worked with maybe one or two here and there, but I hadn't really spent a lot of time with them because I learned how to sew by taking apart my clothes tracing the shapes, you know, which I didn't know at the time was like, I was teaching myself pattern making, I was teaching myself construction. But when I started blogging, that's sort of when I realized that people were using like home patterns. And I thought this is really cool. So I really started focusing on that. And so I started reviewing patterns and sewing patterns. And in I think it was about 2013, I got an email and I had been working with Simplicity up until then just doing pattern reviews for my YouTube channel. And I got an email and it said, you know, we'd love working with you um, on your pattern reviews. Would you like to have your own patterns with simplicity? And I was like, yeah, like, of course. What? <laughs> yes. So I flew out to New York and I sat with the team and I remember 
I remember sitting at this big conference table and being asked, funny enough, why I didn't sew that many simplicity patterns. And at the time, I sewed a lot of macaws. I sewed a lot of Vogue um, and some Butterick, but I, I didn't do a lot of simplicity sewing. And so they asked me, and I remember saying, um, because I don't like the designs. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the designs. Um, and a lot of times I see the same design sort of over and over again, and they just don't really fit my, my style. Um, and so I remember during that call saying, or during that meeting saying that if I did do this, if I started to design patterns for simplicity under the Mimi G name, that they needed to look and feel exactly like my blog did, right? Because that was really important for me. I didn't want to get in there and have them change the way that I look, right? So it was like, you can't have any say in what I design. You can't have any say in the fabric that I use. And you can't have any say in the finished garment photo and, you know, what my background is. Like, I want it to look like it's a blog picture. Um, And they were like, okay. And so I did. And I think, honestly, for me, it was the first time that I saw myself in that book. You know, for me at that point, it, it wasn't necessarily like a size issue. It was just a representation issue across the board. Like they were all models. They were all um, very thin. They were all white. Um, Every now and then you would get, you know, a dark skinned girl, but still very thin, very model, which I, you know, I get it as a business. You have models that you use for photography, but the home sewing business relationship to patterns is a really personal one. And I kept thinking it would be so cool if you could just see yourself <laughs> represented in those patterns. And so I think that's why my patterns honestly did so well, right? Because people saw them in the book and they were able to relate and say, oh, this is somebody that looks like me. And the support and loyalty has been amazing. Now being the VP of that same company, not just that company, right? But not just Simplicity, but now all of them Mm -hmm. and sitting at that table and being able to make decisions about the future of the pattern business is like, talk about a full circle moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting when you talk about the big four and how you didn't gravitate towards simplicity. And when I think back on 40 years of sewing, I think that's true for me, too, that generally Vogue was always my go-to, in part because some of their sort of what I, from a small town, consider avant-garde designs were often sized such that while the envelope would say I didn't meet the body measurement requirements, there was a fight and chance that I wouldn't have to draft too far to make the garment work on my body in a way that was really satisfactory. It might not be quite what the designer intended, but it would look good. And so that was a lot of what I did in my early sewing. And of course, Butterick, I've always adored their vintage patterns, though. I have long since given up on trying to upsize those for me because it's it's a 10 or 12 or 14 inch difference. (laughs) And and that's a lot (laughs) for someone who doesn't want to draft, right? (laughs) Um, But the simplicity, the place when I got back into simplicity patterns was my daughter was sewing for me because I didn't want to draft up. And the patterns I bought were all Mimi G. And it's because the designs were things that appealed to me, even though 
I may be a little above the age demographic for some of them being in my 50s, but but the the belly bearing and the bare backs and the um, fitted skirts and things like yeah. that were really appealing to me. But it it was challenging to yeah. size them up to fit me because they had what I would consider to be a very limited range. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know in the most recent, I'm going to say maybe spring and then into summer, there have been, the patterns have been released in a way that has a lot more size representation. And of course, more diverse representation on the pattern covers as well. And that's been yeah. exciting. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious about what that looks like for other parts of the Simplicity brand or even the overall big four brand in terms of sizing up. Right now, I think the the pattern I bought most recently went to a 58-inch hip as its largest measurement, but I'm not sure that's where you're planning to end. I hope it isn't, but I'm I'm curious as to what what you might be able to tell us about what we can expect. Well, you know, over the years, whenever I think I've been sort of maybe the closest um, reachable person to the big four where people could feel that they would, you know, send me their requests and I would somehow be able to, you know, prior to the, I mean, as a licensee, I was very limited. You know, I voiced my opinion. I, I consulted. I did all of those things. But I also think that people aren't always aware of what is happening behind the scenes of these companies, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I truly honestly believe, and I didn't realize this either until I started to work so closely with them, just as a licensee, that people think that the big four is this like huge mega company corporation, you know, that can do all of these things. (laughs) And really, when you look at the inside of it, it's a really small company that's just owned by a really massive company. But the people who work there is like very, you know, it's a small group <laughs> yeah. that somehow we magically produce over 700 patterns a year. I don't know how they do it. I, it still boggles my mind. But, you know, so I understood that not everything that we requested or want or, or we're hoping for would happen. And when you have a company that's bought and sold, bought and sold, bought and sold so many (laughs) times, it's a short period of time, nothing's going to get done. It's just not because every time they get bought, they're just, now they have to figure it all out again. Right. And that, so that's just what kept happening. So when I came on, I knew for sure, the very first thing I was going to do was increase the size. (laughs) That was my first goal. I was like, we need to increase the size um, outside of of other things that I want to do. And some of that had to do with, well, we've had plus size patterns before. They didn't do well sales wise, right? So I got that same answer when I brought Norris on and I asked as a licensee, why don't we sell more men's patterns? And the response was, They don't sell as much, right? For us to take time, inventory, and all of the steps Mm -hmm. that it takes to produce them, they just don't sell enough. And so I said, well, is it that they don't sell enough or is it that we're just not giving them designs that they want, right? I mean, absolutely. For men's and for for fat ladies, I have so many moo-moos 
and I don't need a lot more. I have so many t-shirts That's and exactly I don't need right. a lot more. You know what I don't have? I don't have dresses that have cutouts on the side. I don't have formal wear that I could wear that doesn't look like mother of the bride. Men don't have things that don't look like what you were making in the eighties. Right. That's exactly right. So I said, you know, not everybody wants a button up shirt that they're going to match with their son, you know, and it's like dad and son. And here we go skipping off to like who and enough with the pajama pants. We got them. They got the pajama pants. Um, And sure enough, they said, well, if you want to do them, then yeah, absolutely. Like Mimi G, you do your thing. So I did. And Norris's patterns do amazing. So I brought up the same thing when they said, well, historically, they haven't sold well. And so it's hard for us to be able to allocate, you know, and I said, okay, well, is it that they don't sell (laughs) or are we just not giving them something that they want to buy? Because historically looking back, all of those designs, just like I was thinking, and apparently you two, were just so like covered up, moo moo. Like it was like you were, wanted to cover your body up, right? Oh well, yeah. she's she's fat, so cover her body up. She wants to wear a long dress, and she wants to, you know what I mean? Yep. And I thought those days are long gone. You know, we want to feel amazing. We want to put it on. We want cutouts. We want all all the things, <laughs> no matter what size. Yeah. That like perception, that's that stigma, that's so far gone. So when I when I came on, I wanted to make sure that the designs that we did do were not just going to be sort of like, okay, well, let's give them this dress. I wanted so no, let's start with Mimi G, right? Let's give Mimi G patterns extended sizing and see how they do. And so that's why we started there. And hopefully, it's it's doing well. I know I. I went right out to try and find them and it took me a while to spot them. I kept picking like the Joann's that were going out of business. So they didn't have any new patterns. But when I finally located them, I I I bought I bought the bunch. I even I even bought one that's not sized to fit me <laughs> because <laughs> the one that's um sort of a a bandeau top with an open like a bra strap back and whatever and I'm like, yeah. you know, I put a big enough FBA in that. I might be able to make it work. And I'm going to buy gum. I'm going to give it a shot. But, but it's, so it's we, really we started, exciting. <laughs> we've started, you know, it, for me, it's like I, I have to work a little bit at a time because that is not just the one area that the pattern business needed help in, you know, and as, as a sewist, I, I implore the community to support the big four because it's really important even if you aren't fully aware of all of the things that are happening behind the scenes, the people that are there now, the people that I work with, they want to give the community everything that they want. And so I think we're in a different place now. Um, There's, there are new people in place, including me. Um, And, you know, we have to start somewhere, which is, you know, going up to the 34 W is great. Like you yep. said, it's a 59 inch hip and no, and you're right. We're not done. The next release, we start our 38 W, which I believe takes you to a 62 inch hip. So we're really excited about that. You'll see that in my fall designs um, and not just Mimi G patterns. Um, you know, we have other designs that we are also doing in the extended sizing and we're doing it for simplicity and we're doing it for McCall's as well. So you'll start to see a lot more of those designs. 
That's really exciting to hear. Um, my argument in favor of the big four has always been that's where most people are going to learn to sew. And when you walk in there and realize you aren't visible, which you have experienced, which I've experienced, it's a lot harder to get into a hobby if you don't have any examples of where you belong. And historically, there haven't been a lot of great examples for where fat people belong, where black people belong, where Latinas belong, where men belong in the sewing community, because it's, yeah, it's largely skinny and white in the, in the pages (laughs) of the big four catalogs. It's just true. And, you know, honestly, even when you see the plus sized garments the ones that go up to larger sizes it's like a small fat that's modeling okay. them and it's I'm so, so you said that jenny <laughs> it's so refreshing to see Aronica, who is like the best person modeling in and giving multiple levels of representation there and really helping you see right on that cover oh yeah i can see what this is going to do on my body because yes. the line drawings don't do that necessarily. They're, I mean, they're, they give you a better idea of how you're going to, like what scenes yeah. are going to matter and what, it, what they're trying style-wise. But what it looks like on a rounder body can be a little hard. <laughs> That's absolutely true, um, which is why I, I chose Aronica. So I, I, I know Aronica from the community. I've met her a couple of times at the store and, and I, I love her. First of all, I think she's stunning, okay? Like every time I yep. see her, I'm like, you're just so fly. Um, and when I wanted to pick someone to be on the cover of my extended sizing patterns, I didn't want to use what is considered a plus or a fat model that was so well proportioned. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. perfect here and a small waist. And a, I didn't want that. I wanted someone that would represent a lot of bodies and that yep. didn't necessarily have a proportionate body. Um, and more importantly, though, that they were confident in themselves and it don't get no more confident than Veronica. <laughs> it, it really doesn't. She is she is amazingly confident and projects that so beautifully. Yes. And it was it was heartening. And I know as soon as the first of the patterns released, all I could see across Instagram was people yeah you know, going out to their local store just to be able to film themselves buying the pattern because Aronica was on it. And for me, I, I bought them all, even though there's a couple where I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna make that, but I'm going to buy them all because I might. And I also honestly have in the back of my head a fear that it's going to be like some other retailers, like Old Navy rolling out all the sizes in all their stores, except the largest size. And also we're going to remove it from some stores and, right. you know, being right. afraid that it's going to be taken back from me. And so it, it feels, it feels like putting that additional support there increases the odds that I get to have more of this. Yes. Well, you know, another thing that I don't know um, people in the community or, or people who so know is that you know, there's only so much space that we have in cabinets, in Joann's or in Walmart or in Hobby Lobby. There's only so many um, designs that we can produce per brand. Yeah. So for example, if I do a, a Mimi G pattern and we want that Mimi G pattern in extended sizing, those are two separate envelopes, right? Because mm-hmm. they won't often one. So that's now two pattern numbers. 
right? So if you notice, yep. my same design, mine has a different pattern number than the one Aronica's on. So if I'm only given 12 designs for simplicity for spring, out of those 12, and, I, and Mimi G has two designs, right? So if I make each of those into extended sizing, I've taken four of Simplicity's 12 designs. Right. And so I have to be I have to be aware of how much I can produce and what I think is going to be the best. It's a you know, to be honest, Jenny, it's a lot of pressure because when I when I signed on and took this uh this huge responsibility, I didn't know exactly what all of uh my jobs would be. Yeah. Um and so now sitting and, you know, I work with every designer for every, every brand. I look at every single design that goes out. I look at every fabric that's chosen. I look at all the sizes we're producing and, you know, I say yay or nay and we, <laughs> we do the best that we can. So I really, really hope that they are uh, well-received and that they are supported so that I can continue um, to push that boundary, right? Because the only way that I can do it is if there's support, not for the people that I work with, right? Because the people that I work with in the pattern side of DG are gung-ho. They're like, yeah, let's do this. Please, let's do something new. Let's create excitement. But when we run out of cash, guess who we have to go to, right? We got to go to the big company, DG. Yeah. And I need to be able to this is working. Look, you know, we're, we're making progress. We're making changes. Um, so it's, you know, I did notice one of the changes that I noticed when I went in to look up the patterns and be able to get them was seeing the plus sizes pulled back out after what I thought was a tragic moment where they had been smooshed in with all the things where I'm like, oh, cool. I get to look at 200 dresses to find the four that might fit. <laughs> and I was so excited when they were pulled back out. I'm like, ah, um, yes. but that does, it does sort of lead me to the question of what is, um, what are the big four doing to try and support a push in that direction? Is there, I, I don't, I don't see advertising necessarily that's focused on that. Is there now I will say in the simplicity book, they did a great job in those intro pages of saying, Hey, look for these extended sizes. I thought that was amazing. But as you yeah. walk up to the pattern area in my local Joanne, there's nothing really calling that out. And I don't know yeah. if there's other advertising. Cause I don't know what, I don't know that I've ever seen big four advertising. They just kind of exist. I, I don't know the right, answer to funny. that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't say I, we don't have a huge market. I mean, we're lucky we have a pattern making department. <laughs> it's cool. like, things are very, you know, um, it is something that we're aware of. Another thing is, you know, we ship things out to the stores, but we can't control what the store puts up. Right. Right. I go to my local Joanne's here near me and my patterns are now almost until the next set is about to get released. And um, it's frustrating. It's very, very yeah. frustrating. But there are things that I know that I want to do when it comes to social that also have not historically been part of the big four's best foot forward, right? The social teams have never, it doesn't have a budget, right? It doesn't have a budget. So we have to figure out how to do it. I tell people all the time, you know, when I, as a licensee, I, I didn't rely on simplicity socials to sell my patterns. I sold my patterns, right? I was very visible. I showed them, I still show them. 
And, but I would have hoped, you know, during that time that they would have uh, posted me more or shared more, but now I know why, (laughs) because now I'm the one trying to figure out how to pull together (laughs) a social team. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Um, Okay. I need a budget, right? I need a budget to put together a social team because, you know, marketing isn't what it, it used to be. You know, it's very social driven. It's very content driven. Yeah. Um, and we have to keep in, you know, with the TikToks and the IGs and the reels and the, you know, it's ever changing and not everybody knows what to do or how to do it. And so I am now working on that part of the business too, where I'm trying to figure out how to create a social team that one is engaging because I've never felt like there was a personal relationship between the big four and the home sewer, right? Yeah. It's like you provide something for us, but but there's no relationship. Yeah. And yeah. so I want to change that. You know, it's a very close relationship between the home sewer and the pattern companies. And so why not have a more engaged uh, relationship on social media? Really use all of the amazing makers who are making our patterns and and show and appreciate all of those things. So it is absolutely something I have uh, on my, I think the reason you saw it obviously in the simplicity pattern is because in the simplicity catalog is because I'm a licensee for simplicity. And so I have, yeah. you know, my face, my image is, you know, <laughs> obviously going to go in the simplicity book. And that's where we're starting because I thought that that would be sort of the best way to start to see what the response would be. Um, and probably a little on the um, conceited side, but I figured, I mean, shit, maybe it'll get a better response because it's coming from me. <laughs> I, I think there's I have something a, to a that. Relationship. Because, right. You've already built that relationship within the sewing community. And honestly, when I went out and picked up my handful of patterns, I didn't even open the other books. I, I literally went out going, well, let's see what Mimi G's got because I know there's some size expansion there. And I know that there are things that probably aren't that I still want to make. And so that's where I began. But when I think about like my relationship with other pattern designers where I either do testing or, or I'm on the photo team or I'm just a big fan um, it feels different when I post things. When I post something from one of the big four, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. almost always starting by saying, by the way, this doesn't fit me or it's not supposed to. And then right. I'm moving on to, and this is how I made it. But there's not, I'm not feeling that sense of pride in making something that was designed by a person. And I know a person designed it, right. but because there are only a, a limited number of, or relatively limited number of names that are associated with designs, I think maybe you lose that personal touch, right? Like whoever designed it, designed VXX12, I, right. you know, I don't know, yeah. that could be Bob the Robot. It's, it's not a, <laughs> I'm not as excited about that as I am about, ah, Mimi G or, ah, Ashley Mel Tipton or whoever yeah. else, right? Where there's, yeah. there's like this whole fangirling thing that might go on. Yeah. And you know, Funny you should mention, Ashley, you know, I think that there's also been sort of a wave um, where for maybe a long time, it wasn't as maybe, I don't know if the word is accepted, probably not accepted, but, you know, her patterns didn't do quite as well as I thought that they would. 
And I don't know if it's because at the time, maybe we weren't there. I don't know. Maybe we needed a Lizzo <laughs> to like, yeah. you know, come out. And, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Um, but I, I can feel the difference now. I see the difference now. Um, and I know that the designs have to be different. Um, I hope that as we, as we move forward, I can push even further beyond that 38W. But to go from what we went, what we started at to a 38W. Absolutely. <laughs> a, a, lot of, a lot of the Mimi G's ended at 48 inches and to get up to 62 is huge. That's literally yeah. the span for me from what I was trying to make fit my body to something that fits my body. <laughs> and yeah. and I'm, I'm beyond delighted by it. I think that's amazing. And there's definitely space to go. I should never be the largest size that a company represents because I'm not the biggest sewist out there, but any step is a good step. It's really positive. There's, there's also other limitations uh, for us when it comes to our, our press plates, right? Yeah. So when we print, we, we, we have a certain size paper. So I have already had to make two adjustments to my own Mimi G designs. If I want them for extended sizing, I'll give you an example. The Aronica one with the, with the red leopard print top and yeah. the skirt. Initially that top did not have a center back, a uh, center front seam, right? But there are certain instances where I have to change the design because I need it to fit on that press plate. And if it doesn't fit on the press plate, I can't print it. And if I can't print it, I can't put it in an envelope and I can't put it. It's different when it's digital. When it's a PDF pattern, it's different, right? You don't have the limitation of a printing plate. Um, We do have that limitation. So there are some things that I have to work around. And so I don't know how much I can push the envelope when it when we get there, um, but I'm damn sure going to try. <laughs> it's it's interesting because, of course, a lot of the independent pattern companies are PDF only, or there's a handful of larger ones that are PDF and printed pattern. And I know for myself, I'm I, as a fat sewist, I'm quite accustomed to discovering when I get the pattern that I I have to tape two sheets together. <laughs> Yeah. Because whatever their printing limitations are, are similar, right? I'm in that same same box. Even when it's purely yeah. PDF, they design it for a particular width of um, whatever that wide format printer is, right? So that's, that's definitely true. And it makes ev- every step that adds to what the home sewist has to do makes it more challenging to get people right. to buy in. Because I can imagine yeah. being a new sewist and going, I'm not taping that together. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the more paper we print, the mm-hmm. more that pattern costs. Absolutely. The more, you know, there's so many different things that start to to take yeah. shape that you're like, okay, you know, I wanted to do um like the the skirt. I I knew that I had to cut it at a certain length because if it was too long, it wasn't going to fit. If I add a seam here, great. That means I can at least move the pieces and and then also there's the fabric width. Is it going to fit yeah. on the fabric width? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that we have to think about, but it's not that we can't do it. We just need to figure out how to do it. Right. Now, when you think about other forms of representation, which I think we've already noted, the big four, not great at um, historically. What else are you hoping that you can share with us that you'll be able to have an impact and influence on? So, listen, if it was up to me, 
all of our models would be real people, <laughs> real people. And I don't mean that they're not real people. The models are real people. No, they just be representative of the yeah. sewing community, you know, uh, real bodies of everyday people, not just one type of body. Um the best that I am able to do now is I sit through uh, the, with the art department and I select models. Uh, you know, I need I need a model who's going to fit into this 34W and then they'll send me and I no, no, let's push a little bigger. Let's go a little bigger. You know, can we get some color? <laughs> can I get some shapes? Can I, you know, and when someone, when uh, they're you're used to doing things a certain way, it takes someone to come in and say, hey, yeah let's, let's change some of this, you know? So, you know, I am able to sort of go through uh, some of the, some of the designers and pick certain models and, and make sure that there's a little bit more representation, but I don't think that's, you're, I don't think we're ever going to see all, all of a a, a much bigger range of that uh, for a few reasons. One, it's expensive to hire models, um, and I am limited in my choosing because of because of the scale. Um, also, uh, you know, when we do our samples, we work we work on a really tight schedule, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm already designing 2023, and right. the time from when I design one season to the next is so close together, and there's so many steps that have to happen to just produce one single pattern. I'll tell you something, Jay. I've been with them as a licensee almost 10 years. And it wasn't long ago that I had to go to New York to spend uh, some time there for a meeting. And the uh, new CEO had come in and he was coming to the to the um, pattern floor so we could walk him through how we produce one single pattern. And it was the first time that I was taken through that same process. Right. I was I was blown away. Um, by, by how many steps and and what uh, so much that has to happen to produce just one single pattern. And we're trying to produce anywhere between 20 and 30 per brand per season. Right. And I thought, okay, well, I can see why we're having such, a little bit of a backlog here, right? We also, <laughs> to be quite honest, we are working with an aging workforce. Yeah. Many of the people who have been there have been, with the pattern business for 20, 30 years, they're amazing at their job, but we need to be able to hire. We need to be able to bring in, you know, fresh blood. We need to be able to train. Um, So there's so much, so many different things that are sort of happening at one time. Um, You know, that at some point I'm hoping that things that are, are really important, the big things like inclusivity and representation are, increased not just what we've done so far but further beyond that also with men increasing the amount of patterns that we produce for men there's so many men who sew um and just to be able to show what this community really looks like i'm working on a project that is going to change all of that and i'm not announcing until august um but i i'm really excited about it and i think it's going to really help to to show what our sewing community really looks like. That's really wonderful. I'm I'm excited to hear it. With the men's patterns, they of course struggle from the same problem that women's patterns yeah. do. Although I think to a more extreme extent, and children's for that matter, I have a granddaughter who's 12 years old and is sized out of all children's patterns everywhere, but she's not 
tall enough or shapely enough to work properly in most misses or women's patterns. And it's, it's so weird that that's been a, it's like a, a hidden spot that, that gets overlooked a lot. Um, So I'll be excited to see men's patterns doing better under your influence and hopefully start to see some sizing increases there as well. There absolutely needs to be some size increasing in the men's patterns uh, for sure. And that is on my list. You know, it's, it's, there's so, there were so many like just little basic things in my mind that needed to change. Like the fact that I put actual finished garments on the back of the pattern envelopes, like ones that we actually care about. I'm like, why are you telling me what the length of the back yes. is? I don't oh care. Oh my God, that's my least favorite thing in the world. I pick up a pattern. Oh my God, I don't like, care. Awesome. I can easily extend the length of this garment. You even give me a line to do it. Why aren't you telling me what the bust is or the hips? Exactly. It's a fitted <laughs> dress. Oh my gosh. I know. And it seems like something small. That was one of the very first things I was like, we need to change that. We need to put the finished bust waist and hip measurement yes. and on men's shirts. They need to know the finished neck. Yes. Well, because <laughs> especially because there's something weird about grading and it happens at the big four, just like yes. it does at independent ones where they'll yes. grade a thing up. I'll make the dress and I'm like, why do you think my neck is 25 inches? <laughs> what happened? I mean, that's like my whole head. Yeah. And it's wild. So yeah, that's, that's a, yeah. that's a really, really excellent thing to see happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's been, it's been a ride. And, you know, as a licensee, I've been through four buyouts. So I've wow. seen, I have seen the people that I started with at Simplicity and that team get dismantled and people that I had been working for, for years go away. And then all of a sudden there's a whole new ownership and they don't, they don't know the pattern business, right? They buy the companies for other reasons. Maybe it's yeah. the, the, the uh, ribbons we own or the paper or whatever. They don't necessarily understand that relationship. And then here they go and they make all of these decisions based on numbers. Um, and then they dismantle a whole nother team. And now this team is trying to figure out, okay, well, what now, what do we do? And then just as they're getting comfortable, here comes another buyout. I mean, four in like (laughs) 10 years is a lot. Yeah. And the last two happened within, I don't know, maybe a year of each other. So there was just a, a lot that was happening. And when I came in, I brought people on back <laughs> from, from back in the day um, that, that do know the pattern business, that have been working there for decades, some of whom started uh, as instruction writers on typewriters and, you know, and really love this business and really do have a passion for it. And I think that's what was missing. And it, it, it's going to be a while before we see a lot of the changes. Because like I said, I'm already in fall, you know, yeah, yeah. summer of 2023. Um, so a lot of this, you know, like I started last year, but you guys aren't seeing any of that really till now it's starting to come out. So it, you know, little by little, <laughs> little by little. Well, yeah. And I think incremental change is acceptable. It's it's definitely the way it works for most things. And it's incredibly important. I do have one other area of representation. I'm yeah. curious about whether or not the big four have even thought about really. And that's mm-hmm. representation for non-binary and trans folks who sew. There are a lot of non-binary and trans sewists yeah. who 
would benefit potentially from even one relationship that that thought about patterns from that perspective. And so I, again, as with all questions, I don't know if you can tell me anything, but, but that's an area that's really underserved. It is, it is underserved. I'm fully aware of it. I've had the conversations and it is something I'm working on. You'll see it specifically with um, the project that I'm working on, probably not at it, at its inception, because I'm still working some of that out. I'm taking calls and meetings with people that are in in that community, transgender people, non-binary pattern uh, makers who have so generously given me a lot of information when I hit them up on IG and I'm like, listen, I want to do this, but I, you know, I need to be careful because yeah, just out of simply not knowing or yep. being part of that community, um, I could inadvertently do something stupid or, you know, do the wrong thing uh, or do what I think they need. And in return, it's not. And so I want to make sure that I'm having the right conversations with the right people before we, we go there, but it is in the, it is somewhere along. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, If you go back about a year for our podcast, we had a panel discussion with a bunch of folks in the design community and the sewing community around non-binary and transgender sewing and what might be of interest. It's, it's something it's, it's really hard because there's not, I think a great consensus on exactly, exactly what would be helpful besides visibility and thoughtfulness. Right. So, <laughs> Which is probably um, where I would start. Visibility I mean, it's, it seems like a safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us about, the, um, the amazing work that you're doing with Simplicity and the other big four? I mean, you know, I think it's just, I'm excited about it. You know, I don't take anything on um, that I don't think I can make an impact on. And this was, this was a lot for me because as many of you know, I own several businesses and my own businesses. And I, I, I speak all the time. I'm trying, you know, I just, spoken at the Washington Post, I flew home, I fly back out, you know, tomorrow. It's like, I do a whole lot. And so taking this on (laughs) was adding a lot to my plate. Um, And I didn't necessarily need to do it. Um, But I know that I had to do it. Um, And because we needed somebody who could go in there and make the changes, but somebody that I felt that the community knew and trusted, but that also they knew and trusted right? Yeah. My numbers speak for, for themselves. My sales speak for themselves. My community speaks for themselves and they're able to see that. And so, tr- and they, I think trust um, that when I bring something to the table, it's because it is a real necessity and something that we definitely need to look at. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to doing bigger and better things and, you know, I'm just excited. Honestly, I really am. That's, that's really wonderful. And I, I so much appreciate your sharing as much as you have been with us here. Um, I have been, I have been desperate for a reason to believe the big four could see a larger community of sewists, both physically larger and <laughs> figuratively larger <laughs> community of sewists. And it's, it's really heartening to have on my table patterns that I like that I should be able to make for my body, which I have not been able to say with any consistency with the big four for 40 years. 
So that, that in and of itself, just for me is, is amazing. And I thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. And I, I, you know, I I hope that I can make everybody proud. And I just, I ask for patience and just know (laughs) that I am working on it. Um, and that I hear everybody, like I really, I hear everybody, um, and whatever I can change, I will. That's wonderful. So I hope y'all really enjoyed my conversation with Mimi G. I know I really loved it. It was exciting for me to understand that her goal for representation extends far beyond fat bodies and moves into wanting to see better patterns for men, better patterns for children, and both of those also in larger size ranges. And I'm so excited to see what's coming up. See See you next Tuesday. Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frackers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art.